Welcome to the FinNation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Devgannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation. Today, I have a really fun guest, Rachel Allen, owner of Bolt from the Blue Copywriting who is the head copywriter and the head, obviously, uh, written word wrangler is what I'm going to say, because copywriting is an art and it is so necessary for us to know exactly what we're doing with that. And if we don't know what we're doing, who to turn to. So I felt like this was going to be an amazing interview, an amazing opportunity to hear her journey and then hear more about what she does. So thank you for being here, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. And I love that you said Word Wrangler. That was actually one of my very earliest Twitter bios was uh, Word Wrangler, Grammar Janitor, and Time Card Apostate. That's actually very funny because I didn't know that. But to me, (laughs) (laughs) that's who you would be. So anyways, excellent. Tell us, where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Ooh, uh, I actually fell into it completely backwards. I had no plans to ever be a business person. Um, if you had told me that when I was growing up, I'd have been like, that's ridiculous. That would never happen. Um, I went to school for journalism. So I double majored in journalism and Asian studies because I really wanted to write for The Economist in Hong Kong. Like that was my dream for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I graduated in 2008 and nobody was hiring. And they especially weren't hiring, you know, journalists from Tennessee. So I sent out over 200 resumes and I got zero responses back. And Mm. the only job I could get was unpacking boxes on the 6 a.m. shift at Old Navy. So I was like, well, this is not exactly what I would like to be doing, you know, for the rest of my life. And um, I kind of stuck it out for six months. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then in my 22-year-old brain, I was like, well, you know, I bet they've got jobs in Hong Kong. (laughs) And it turns out that they do. But uh, when I went there, I so I packed up everything. I was like, I'm just going to move to Hong Kong. I'll just like get a job there. Uh, Except didn't get a work visa. Didn't think about savings. I landed with about $200 in my bank account and was like, oh, I like need to make rent. So um, I'm like sitting there Googling like how to make money online because it's 2008 (laughs) and that wasn't so much of a thing yet, you know. And um, I saw an ad on, oh, I don't even remember where. It was some sort of like super random site, but it was an ad for this thing called copywriting. And I was like, hmm, writing? I don't know. What's that about? And so I clicked on it and uh, looked at the job description. And it was like, we need you to write like 300 words selling. Uh, it was one of those experience packages, you know, like buy this experience and you can take a ride in a, a World War II biplane. And I was like, okay, well, writing, whatever, I'll give it a try. And um, it turns out that I was really good at it and I really liked it. So I decided to build a business out of it. That's fascinating. How has the evolution of your writing business changed from 2008, 2009 to now. And the reason I ask that is because original voice, original um, context in the written word is, we know, very important to 
building your business brand. So how has that evolved over the time since you started it? Oh gosh, it's been, it's completely different. I think now, um, when I first started out and even honestly, like for the first four years I was in business, I was like, Oh, this is just a stopgap. Like I'm going to get a grown up job eventually. Um, <laughs> and so I wasn't really like trying to look at my, you know, at my writing voice. I was like, Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what my voice is. I, I'm just writing for the client. And so I became very, very good at kind of chameleoning myself into everybody else's voice. And then uh, cue me getting about four years in, I'm living, you know, air quotes, the entrepreneur dream. I'm living on a Greek island. Like I work in the morning, I sunbathe all afternoon, which sounds awesome, except I was having panic attacks all the time. And I was like, God, like, what is this about? Like, why, why is this awful? I've won. Like, this is what everybody online is working for. Um, and I realized that it was like, I don't, there's no me in this business, you know, am I going to mm. keep doing this forever? Am I going to keep just being everybody else's voice? And I eventually decided, um, that I didn't want that. So I started experimenting with what, what I had to say, you know, how I do copywriting, uh, versus how other people do it. And, um, it's developed through, just a number of methodologies. I'm a super like data nerd. So I started doing a bunch of studies on my own writing and on uh, copywriting. So I've developed some methodologies um, in house ways that I now teach my team of copywriters. But I, I suppose if I had to answer that question in a nutshell, it would be my voice has gotten um, much more true to who I am and with uh, a much greater rendering of myself through my words, even if I'm writing them for someone else. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, I, I wrote this down as you're saying that. Did you did you feel like you didn't have your own identity? You lost yourself, your identity in the, in others' words, even if you wrote them for them? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have even, it wouldn't have even occurred to me to bring any of my own identity into others' words. I wanted to be as, as close a representation of them as possible and uh, have absolutely nothing of myself in there. So what did you do then after all of the uh, kind of the the data side of it, creating, you know, what that looked like for your business structure on the inside? What did you do to start finding your own identity in your own words? And how did you start attributing creating content for yourself? Mm, that's honestly a process I'm still kind of in the middle of. Uh, I started, so I first, like you said, started leaning on all the methodologies and the data because that's, you know, air quotes, mm-hmm. safer, mm-hmm. right? Because it's objective. Um, sure. And then I went through this uh, kind of period of like, okay, like, am I, I've been doing this for everyone else forever. And I feel super comfortable with that. What's it going to take for me to turn that same, that same medicine, that t- same focus on myself, that, that gift that I gave everybody else. And um, it honestly had to do with a lot of personal development stuff, you know, kind of figuring out why mm-hmm. I had stuff around visibility, um, the stories that I was telling myself about why it was supposedly dangerous to show up, you know, wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and full as myself. And um, from there, it's honestly just been kind of experimentation, you know, starting off in small groups. I'm in a couple, of, I'm in a mastermind. Um, I have another small group of business friends and I started off, it was so funny because people have asked me for forever, like, write your own stuff. Like we want to see more of you. And then I would show up in these groups and be like, oh, I'm like really sorry, but I wrote this thing about myself and it's like kind of like me. If you don't mind, I'd like to share it. They're like, yes, more, give it to us. So I started experimenting in these sort of small groups and then built it out from there and um, have gotten more and more comfortable with that process uh, working with larger audiences now. Have you ever abandoned the data? 
Uh, what do you mean? Uh, sorry, abandons the data? Is that what you said? Yeah. Have you ever have you ever said, okay, the data looks great on what I've created or or the 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 brand voice that I've come up with, mm. but ha- it, but the data looks good, but you're just like something's off, and so you're like, you know what? Yeah. Let me abandon the data for a minute and let me go test something else out and have it proven to be right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in part of all of this all of this work, I've gotten um, into some sort of theorizing about writing in general. And so I'm going to jump on a little esoteric soapbox for a minute. But Go for um, it. yeah, so the way that I view the world, right, we've got the realm of energy and the realm of matter. That's just physics. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a fact. Um, and the way that I see my job is taking ideas, which are energetic, right? They have a signature. They are, they are unique unto themselves. Uh, but as long as they're in idea form, they're only an energetic form. They can't have a tangible, like move stuff impact in the world unless they are brought into the realm of the physical via words. So that's how I view my work, um, bringing energy into matter so that it can have an impact and work towards my ultimate goal of moving the global conversation forward. The reason I went on that divergence is, um, that is that is what will have me abandon the data every time. I can look at something logically. I can plan out the best brand strategy. I could do all that sort of stuff. But if I don't feel that what is coming out the other end is true to that initial energetic signature of the idea or of the the message that needs to be told, then I'll I'll flip the table every time and go right back to the beginning and be like, okay, what's this really about? What is the what is the highest fidelity rendering of this idea that I can get to? Because once you get that in place, everything else works out. So words are essentially the bridge between the two worlds. Exactly. The energies. Oh, you're really, um, okay. So I really, really like where you went with that because it made complete (laughs) sense for my creative brain. Uh, but yet, uh, I, I don't identify myself as a copywriter, but I've Mm. literally, literally over the last 18 months in just the desire to cons- show up consistently, right? In, in whatever, mm-hmm. in blog, in social media, it started with social media specifically, all knowing that I had a parallel of, of what I was, you know, the point I was wanting to get across the, the business message I was, you know, what was it, but bridging it a little bit differently. But I was like, look, nobody's going to know anything if I don't start saying something and written word to me, I've always been creative in written words. So I don't identify as a create uh, a copywriter, but I know I'm creative. And what I have found in, in what you're saying is that literally to the point that if I don't write something, if I don't write on a consistent basis or not, and it's not always just knowledge, you know, I've got my own, my own frameworks that work for what I do just so I can make sense of what it is. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That fits in this bucket. That fits, you know, my analytical brain has to have something somewhere. But if I find, if I don't write now, I get disconnected to the point where I'm just like, I didn't complete my day. I did not complete my day. Some, I didn't write. And I was just like, whoa, okay. But I'm still not a copywriter. Cause I, I I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. want to go write copy for people, but at the same time, I'm like, I know that that is energetically extremely important for me. And not just Mm -hmm. because I use it as a brand voice or, or whatever. I literally feel energetically connected to having put something out there, not for vanity metrics, never, never, never for vanity metrics for whoever comes Mm. down the road later on that happens to come across because I believe energetically that 
when you put words out there, when you bridge those worlds and, and you use written word as a creative outlet, when you do that, you're not doing it for the immediate gratification of people patting you on your on the back. You're doing it for the person that's mm. going to come down the road later because the universe will always, if you put the message out, will guide the person that is needing that message no matter where it is in space and time. So that's where the vanity metrics have to be discounted and disregarded. And that's part of why I asked you if you ever abandon the data because metrics, you know, sometimes metrics fall into likes or comments or, you know, whatever uh, some of those are. That's that Those are just one or two angles of it. But again, I'm just like, no, I'm a vehicle for bridging the gap. And you made that mm-hmm. so abundantly clear to see that I was like, oh, it's a vehicle. Ah. Uh. Yes. Oh, I love how you phrased that. And I absolutely love the way that you were talking about once, if you bring the message, you know, if you listen to that, like we all know what it's like when you have something inside you that you're like, I need to talk about this, right? Like you can feel it. It feels for me, it feels like something in my chest. Like I've got to, I got to get this out. And I think so many people in the, in the online business space are like, yeah, but like, how do you monetize that? And like, I don't know, like you, you have to make sure your message is uh, geared towards something. And yeah, absolutely. Like, sure, let's make it effective in the short term. Right. But the people that I'm interested in working with, the people that I, the, the work I love doing and what I'm here for, I'm building stuff for legacy. Like, I don't, I don't really yes. care who sees it right now. And <laughs> it's just so, it's such a ridiculous thing. But my, my model for this that I've just taken, and here's where the podcast takes a funny turn, is um, I always wanted to be Alan Aldo when I grew up. And I know uh-huh. that is such a weird thing for like a nine-year-old girl to be like, yes, that's <laughs> my model. <laughs> but <laughs> I love his character, um, Hawkeye Pierce on MASH because I was like, oh yeah, you know, like he's, he's super smart and he doesn't have to follow the rules and like he's good enough uh-huh. to where he can do whatever he wants. So, you know, clearly no resemblance of anything I would be aspiring to. <laughs> right. But, but when I was, I was thinking about that a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, you know, like, like Alan Alda had no idea when he was making MASH back in the what, 70s, 80s, that some, you know, Rachel Allen at nine years old in North Carolina in the 90s was going to be like that. That's a role model. That's somebody, that's a life changing mm-hmm. thing for me. And so what that brings home to me is like, I can't know the impact that I'm going to have. And that's exciting. But I do yes. have the responsibility to transfer that message. Yes. And you can't, it's almost like you, you can't internally rest, energetically rest until you're Mm. at least giving, giving some room for that future, future change or future exchange or future contact later on down the road somehow. And it's almost our, our calling to do so in, in, it's a space where we, it, it, there's a light, there's a life component in there. It's very hard. I'm trying to, I'm moving my hands around. And I'm trying to visualize <laughs> what I'm trying to say with that, but it's almost a world in its own place. It's very, very interesting, yes. but a creatives will understand and connect with what we're talking about there because they innately feel that. And I do believe I'm going to circle this back around for a second. I do believe the digital space that has become extremely prevalent, but also extremely noisy that mm. that is what's going to be heard is are the yeah. ones that are coming through and saying, even with your guidance and, and your team's guidance, if they're not doing it themselves, but saying, I want this message to get out there for whoever 
is meant to hear it. I'm not worried mm-hmm. about trying to force a direction or, you know, I mean, again, business metrics aside, all of us understand as digital entrepreneurs that there there's some part of that that exists there. Yes. But what's more deep and what's more felt and what's going to change more people's lives are the ones that are going to go forward and say, it's the vision and it's the ability to bridge those worlds that's going to make the difference because there are many people out there that are meant to make an impact on the world. They just haven't mm-hmm. known where to start yet. Absolutely. They uh, should start with you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautifully Shameless. good. <laughs> I was often, Shameless plug. <laughs> I was often like, yeah, like visions. Because I do, I, one of the things you said, one of my, one of my personal visions um, and something I believe very deeply is words make worlds. And I want to help people make the world that like, let's make the world we want to live in, you know, like there are, I think it's so easy to discount things like that, to discount creativity, to discount messaging, um, all of these kinds of things, especially when we look at it through the sort of like frothy fruit, you know, fast paced lens of online entrepreneurship. But I'm like, no, like words are one of our most democratized uh, access points to power. And if that's what I got, that's what I'm going to use to make the world I want to live in. Exactly. Exactly. And I think we'll see a rise of that kind of, for lack of better words, marketing. Uh, That's what's Mm. going to stand above the noise. And those are going to be the entrepreneurs that are going to endure the test of time Mm -hmm. because they're coming from that emotional and energetic space for the greater good. Absolutely. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M-2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. I love copywriting and words and, and energy and all of that stuff. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question though. How has this process changed you as a person in going from, you know, this was just a side gig, just, you know, for the first four years of it to realizing that you're living the dream to accepting the dream, to finding your own voice. And then subsequently to who you are today and and the people you help today, how has that journey changed you? I, um, I, I'm thinking about how I want to phrase that because the very first thing that came to my mind is I, I would not have recognized myself, you know, 10 years ago, that, that 22 year old, oh, more than 10 years ago now, I just turned 34, um, 12 years ago, <laughs> that 22 year old, um, sitting in Hong Kong would have no idea about the kind of person that I've become. Uh, I've, I think, as you know, entrepreneurship is a crucible, right? You, your business only develops as you develop. 
Yes. So I've had to develop so much. Um, I mean, in, in basic things like my own confidence, um, my own ability to, to realize that I probably like there is 99% of stuff about business. I don't know, but I can figure almost all of it out. And what I can't figure out, I can hire somebody else to do like mm-hmm. figuring out that, that capability and expanding your own conception of, or expanding my own conception of my own capabilities um, has been a huge change for me. And I think having, um, I think I've gotten much more comfortable embracing that sense of bigger purpose because for so long in business, you know, it was like, Oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to make rent. I got to survive. I got to figure out mm-hmm. how to do this. And then it was like, okay, well, I, I was living as a digital nomad for the first, I don't know, seven years or so of running my business. So it was like, okay, well, like, I got to, you know, make enough money to live the life I want. And then, you know, I kind of, I won that level, right? I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I've done that. And then it was like, well, okay, I've run myself out of road here. What do I actually want? Given that I, I could do pretty much anything I wanted to do. And that's where things get really scary because then it's like, oh gosh, there's no limitations. I could do whatever I want. What do I want? And right. um, having gone through the process of figuring out what that is has been incredibly transformative. It's a, it's a whole different wavelength, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. People are like, um, in fact, one of my brothers asked me, he's like, you know, what is your goal? You know, like, are you shooting for mm. a certain number goal? And I was just like, it's got nothing to do with money, actually. Yeah. It's like, if I know something about myself, yeah. I know how to build a business and generate income. That's not a problem. I've hit mm-hmm. six figures. We've hit seven figures. We've, we've done We've done those things. So then yeah. like you're saying in that process, you know, checking off those boxes of, okay, first, usually it is, I want to meet a financial goal. I understand that. And in, in no way, shape or form is what I'm talking about in my particular side of this journey, you know, discrediting where other people are at in it. it there is a process in sure. it. But in reflection back into it, I was just like, okay, so check the box, made the financial goal to get to this point cool. I know how to do that. Okay. And then what kind of life, like you're saying, what kind of life do I want to live? What do I want to afford? What do I, you know, what, what, and by afford, not in financial terms, but you know, what makes me feel whole at this level? You know, does Mm -hmm. it mean that I can Mm -hmm. do certain things with my kids, you know, work a six hour day instead of an eight hour day or a four hour day instead of an eight hour day? Does it mean that I get to go to my kid's you know, uh, school functions, you know, does it afford me time? Didn't, not just mm. the the financial aspect, does it give me, you know, more of a quality of life to the point of once you check that box off too, then you look back and you're like, uh-uh, now it's bigger. Clearly I can do yeah. things. And it's amazing to see how much change we can bring to the world by getting to that level, because then it's like, whoa, let's go fry some big fish. <laughs> you know, it's let's, yeah. let's go do big things. Let's go make huge changes. Let's go, let's go shift things. You know, I mean, there's so much mm. to that. You're just like, this is big. It's bigger, you know? So it's at, at some point it is about the, the dollars and cents. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to the entrepreneurs listening that are in that stage, you'll make it, you'll make that. And then you will go to the next level. It's like, okay, now what can having achieved that be able to open the doors for, for me over here? And you'll evolve and pivot and you'll grow and you'll change and you'll 
you'll realize new things inside of that. And then from there, you'll, you'll say, how can we affect the world? How can we change big things? Like you're saying, so very, very interesting. Um, fascinates me because it's so much bigger than individually us, but collectively we make such a difference. Oh, absolutely. And I think one thing that I, that I pulled out of what you just said that I love is the more that we shift into that space of like, okay, we've got big fish, fish to fry. I, my experience has been the, the smaller my actions can become, but the bigger change they create. Right. Cause like right now, like I feel like I had a lot of striving earlier in my business. Right. I was like, Oh, I'm pushing, mm-hmm. I'm pushing, I'm trying, I'm trying to affect all of this stuff. I'm trying to create this. And now I have the the space and the resources and, you know, but also I think the mindset shifts to be like, Oh, but what if mm-hmm. I just did this small thing? You know, what impact could that have? And it's amazing to see how you can have, yes, these huge impacts. Also these like what I would have thought would have been like, Oh no, like why even bother? Like that's such a small thing. Why would I even bother trying that? Now I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like I can do a small thing and still have a big impact. I don't have to make it hard. Exactly. That moves me right into the free gift that you have available for the listeners. And the reason I found this free gift super impactful is because it's about finding out who they are. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Sure. So my free gift is a a template for how to write a bio that doesn't make you sound uh, brat. How do I say it? And now I wish I had sounded cooler saying this. Uh, Bratty, <laughs> boundaryless, or boring. <laughs> That's how I teach it because I teach a workshop on this. Um, oh. And I I have a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, you know, like I'm I'm creative or I do so many things and I don't know how to talk about myself. I can't do this elevator pitch type stuff. You know, I can't do like Rachel Allen is blah blah blah. Like, of course not. That stuff is boring. So um, right. I've created a template for how to write a bio that's actually based on your values and beliefs and then translates your work um, within that frame, right? So it's true to who yes. you are and you have that, that high fidelity rendering of yourself in the middle of those words. And then, yes, it takes care of all the practical stuff. People know what you do. People know how to hire you, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But it's effective because it has that deep resonance of you in the middle of it. So that's my gift. It's a uh, template and a walkthrough on how to create that. Awesome. And guys, we will have a link for that in the show notes. But I seriously suggest based on just the way that Rachel shows up in this world with wordsmithing and putting putting the the framework together for you to be able to step out of the norm in creating a bio, highly suggest you take her up on that. Now, tell us where they can connect with you. I am all over the internet. Uh, they can connect with me at my website, which is boltfromtheblue.copywriting.com. I'm also on Instagram at boltfromtheblue.copywriting. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash boltfromtheblue.copywriting. And then if you want to email me, you can email me at rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L at boltfromtheblue.copywriting.com. I think there's an underlying theme there. I, I know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, it has been my pleasure to hang out with you and hear your entrepreneurial journey and really just jam about the amazing, the amazingness of words and your take on it and your experience and your, just what you bring to the table. So thank you for coming on today. Oh gosh, absolutely. My pleasure. It has been so much fun. 
Guys, I'm going to wrap up this interview, but I want you to check out the show notes and give this a good listen back through to take some of the amazing bullet points and gold nuggets from just the ability to be vulnerable and share and write, but also connect with Rachel so you can find out some of the goodness she brings to the world and being able to bridge the gap between the two. And as always, keep moving forward. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.